from him who is wisdom in the flesh, and from him who has made us wise unto salvation, be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning, this Trinity Sunday, is from our Old Testament lesson, the book of Proverbs chapter 8, especially as it begins like this, does not wisdom call, does not understanding raise her voice, and then goes on to say, when he that is the Lord marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. This is our text. I don't know about you, but I have always been a fan of lists. When I was a kid, I loved to get books, but the kind of books that I loved weren't always the story books. I loved books that had lists in them with Wildly creative titles like the Book of Lists. I loved reading through all those different lists and finding the different things that they would teach me and going through them one by one. And, and that really hasn't changed as I've grown and matured and come later in my life. I still love books that are based on lists. In fact, not too long ago, General Colin Powell came out with a book that was based on lists. Over the course of his career, General Powell would write down pithy statements and he'd put them under the glass on his desk and eventually he collected 13 of them and put them together into an article that was in Parade Magazine and later on he expanded it into a book. And I want to share his list of 13 with you this morning because I think they're pretty interesting and, and well-founded. The first is, it ain't as bad as you think. It will look better in the morning. Number two, get mad, then get over it. Number three, avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position falls, your ego goes with it. Number four, it can be done. Number five, be careful what you choose, you may get it. Number six, don't let adverse facts stand in the way of a good decision. Number seven, you can't make someone else's choices, you shouldn't let someone else make yours. Number eight, I like this one, check small things. Number nine, share credit. Number ten, Remain calm. If that doesn't sound like Colin Powell, I don't know what does. Number 11, have a vision. Number 12, don't take counsel of your fears or naysayers. And 13, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. What a great list. Others have published lists of advice. Some lists have very clear directives and others have a mix of very clear directives and more cryptic pieces of advice which kind of need to be unpacked. For example, maybe you've seen or heard about the book recently that, Gen that Admiral McRaven started with his list of 10. He started it with this. If you want to change the world, Start off by making your bed. 
In other words, if, if you can't do the little things right, you're never going to be able to do the big things right. So when you make your bed, you actually start the day with a victory, and you go on from there. It's pretty good advice. A more controversial list, though, comes from the renowned psychologist Jordan Peterson. I'm not going to give you his whole list, but I want to point out three kind of weird ones to you. One of them is stand up straight with your shoulders back. Maybe not bad advice. Number two, do not bother children when they're skateboarding. Okay. Number three, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Now, I don't think I'm going to do that because I'm not a huge cat fan, so I don't know about the rest of you. At any rate, it's interesting that these books, Expounding on Lists, are so popular today, and I think it reflects the fact that although we have had a knowledge explosion in our world, not the least of which over the course of the past maybe decade or two, in technology and medicine and science, we have not had a great deal of wisdom exploding in this world. And by that I mean this. The soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. How much good judgment is there in the world today? The Bible's description of wisdom, found in books like the book of Proverbs that we're looking at this morning, is defined just like that. The book of Proverbs also has lists. It's, it's kind of the Bible's book of lists, but sometimes the lists are a little bit contradictory. For instance, in one place, the book of Proverbs says, correct a fool in his folly, and in another place it says, don't bother doing that. Why is that? Well, it takes wisdom to know when to apply certain kinds of advice. The Bible assumes that wisdom is actually embedded in the cosmic order and the existence of everything that does exist. Wisdom rules and guides everything in the universe. God planted it there. Human beings are to be aware of these universal and eternal norms, and we are to order our lives and our behavior according to them. That's what wise people do. And according to the Bible, fools don't. So General Powell and Admiral McRaven and Peterson definitely have wise advice. It's very practical advice for us. And when we hear these lists, it's very natural for us to nod our heads. Yes, we agree with these things that they're telling us. These things are filled with common sense wisdom and they seem easy for us to do. But, but if it were so easy and so natural for us to do them, well, then we wouldn't have to write books about them, would we? There wouldn't be any need for these kinds of exhortations and teachings to fall into line for good behavior. There wouldn't be any need for the Ten Commandments or, or to spell out the obvious things that the Bible teaches us about how we are to live and what we are to do. There wouldn't be any need for the Bible or for sermons either. But you know as well as I do that that's not the world that we live in. In the Bible we learn that all of God's creatures are fallen. 
We call that sin. We, we are naturally curved in on ourselves. We put ourselves upright above and beyond anyone and everyone else in the world, in the universe, even above God. We're naturally like that. We like to make up our own rules of existence that favor us and favor the things that we want and need and desire. And in addition to that, we, if we admit it to ourselves, we're pretty self-righteous. We can write down and try to live by General Powell's 13 rules and McRaven's 10 and Peterson's 12. And if you're doing the math, that's 35 things to live by so far. Add the Ten Commandments to that, and we're up to 45. And if we can keep all those, we start to feel pretty good about ourselves and, and others like us who keep all of those rules. We like to be in company like that. It's probably no surprise to people who've lived a while that even though that even the most intelligent people are the ones who sometimes do the most foolish things. Our news is filled with that all the time. And yet it's also the height of foolishness for you or for me to look at somebody else and say that they're the idiot and we're so much better than they are. The book of Proverbs reminds us that pride comes before a fall. And the book of Romans, as you well recall, reminds us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why wisdom still cries out. It cries out to us today, even after these many, many decades and centuries and millennia after it was written, wisdom cries out. And so who is she, this wisdom? Well, over time, the rabbis identified wisdom as the Torah, the authoritative laws that are found in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But then we get to the New Testament, and the New Testament goes even further and understands that this text from the book of Proverbs is fulfilled when wisdom grows arms and legs and is born and laid in a manger. He becomes flesh and dwells among us. Wisdom is born and grows up and tells parables and stills storms and calls sinners and casts out demons. He, he spreads his arms out in death. He sheds his blood and rises again to cover over all of our foolish and deadly sinfulness. And he calls us to himself. He makes us wise unto salvation in Jesus Christ. What that also means is that what is at the center of the universe isn't perfectionism and rules. Instead of lists and rules to, to create competence or to hammer the law over us to make us do good things or, or some kind of good work ethic, instead of all of that, we have Jesus. He is our wisdom. He is our perfect life story. He lives our perfect life story for us. Jesus, hung on the cross and resurrected from the dead, means that foolish people like you and me have more than a chance. 
the weak on the wrong side are fully welcomed by the wisdom of God. Love is the order that moves the sun and the moon and all the other stars. Wisdom, Jesus, according to Proverbs, was joyful. He was enthusiastic. He was playful and animated. When, when God the Father created the world, he was right alongside there doing it in creating all things in a creative way and joyfully doing so, making this world an incredible place for you and me. Wisdom Jesus clapped his hands and he danced. Wisdom had fun. And it's no wonder that when Wisdom Jesus became flesh, the charge against him was that he had way too much fun with all the wrong people. He put into practice what the last verse of our text says. My delight... My delight is in the sons of man. So life in Jesus isn't wisdom to follow. It's more like it's a more like a party. Whenever we hear that our sins are forgiven for Jesus' sake, when whenever we receive his body and blood into our mouth to eat and drink at his table, whenever we have his name placed upon us, the party is delivered to us. Jesus isn't some kind of Santa who makes lists and checks them twice. He isn't the mother-in-law coming to check and see if her wedding gift china has been chipped. Theologian Robert Ferrar Capon says that he's more like the funny old uncle with a salami under one arm and a bottle of wine under the other in the best possible way, not in a sacrilegious way, but in a joyfully playful way. Sally Lloyd-Jones writes about this in her delightful little book, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. Listen to what she says and listen to what she says about lists. What is love, she writes? Is it a feeling in your heart? The Bible says love is much more. It is patient and kind never bears a grudge, doesn't demand its own way, always wants the best for someone else, never puts itself first, never gets jealous, isn't proud, doesn't boast, isn't rude, always hopes, never stops. Oh dear, she writes, that's quite a list. Who can love like that? Only one. He left his father and his throne and came to live with us and showed us what love is really like. Because you see, she writes, love isn't mostly a list, it's a person. That's the person, Wisdom Jesus, who says to you this morning with a great big smile on his face, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, not lists. In Jesus' name, amen.